As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. It's wonderful that so many of you are able to join our online services, which combine archive recordings of our choir and congregation with newly recorded readings, prayers and sermons. For this reason, we shall continue to broadcast these services each Sunday, even though we've now resumed our 11am choral Eucharist in St Bride's itself. Not all of you are able to join us in person for reasons of distance or because you need to take particular care of your health, but we know that you are very much with us in spirit. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said to his disciples, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist for All Saints Day. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely looking to Jesus in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour 
in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Will you please stand?
Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Grant us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those inexpressible joys that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is taken from the book of Revelation, chapter 7, beginning at the ninth verse. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God, and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
epistle is taken from the first letter of John, chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this, when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Some of you may remember a man who, in his day, was a very high-profile TV chat show host, the late Russell Harty. And I can recall him once saying that you can divide most people into two categories, which he called radiators and drains. Radiators are those people who bring warmth and comfort into your life, whose very presence can energise you and help you to feel better about the world and about yourself. But there are also individuals who just seem to suck the life out of you, who always seem to leave you feeling wrung out and exhausted whenever you spend any amount of time in their presence. Those, he said, are life's drains. I suspect that many of us will recognise a measure of truth in that distinction. But for me, more interesting still is the fact that, contrary to what one might expect, the actual life circumstances of the people involved can seem to have little or no bearing upon which of the two categories they fall into, by which I mean one might easily assume that a radiator is likely to be a person whose own life situation is basically very stable, sorted out and comfortable. Someone who is able to give to others precisely because their own circumstances mean that they have a lot to give. Conversely, one might expect that an individual whose life is a constant struggle, whether for personal, medical, social or financial reasons, a person who has real and identifiable needs of their own would naturally be one of life's drains. Not a bit of it. The bizarre thing is that certainly in my own experience, if anything, the exact opposite is often the case. Some of the greatest drains that I have ever encountered have been people who, outwardly at least, had absolutely everything going for them. And some of the most memorable radiators were individuals for whom life really was an unimaginable challenge. In my curacy parish many years ago, I used to take communion at home to an elderly woman called Eileen. She was suffering from bronchiectasis, a terrible degenerative lung condition that left her housebound, frequently dependent upon oxygen and regularly in and out of hospital. For a woman who had been very active in earlier days and who had a huge number of interests, it must have been incredibly hard for her to see the physical parameters of her life reduced to the size of a single room. And yet, Eileen was just wonderful to be with. She was warm and sparky and good-humoured and interested in the world and in other people and she was always outward-looking regardless of what was going on in her own life. I so enjoyed spending time with her that I would frequently leave her home wondering whether, in truth, I had gone to see her for her benefit or for my own because I always felt that the world was a much better place after I had spent time with her. One day, Eileen was taken very seriously ill and rushed into intensive care, where I visited her. I found her immobilised on a special bed, surrounded by tubes and drips and oxygen cylinders, barely conscious and struggling to breathe. And yet... The moment that I entered that room, her face lit up, and although she could hardly speak, her first words to me, believe it or not, were, Alison, how are you? Eileen died a short time afterwards, and she remained a gold-plated radiator until the very end. By contrast, I can think of a man in another congregation who had a wonderfully supportive family, a secure job, who was extremely comfortable in material terms and who had all kinds of good things going for him, but who seemed unable to appreciate any of those things. 
He was so focused on what he didn't have that his entire existence was defined by a deep-seated conviction that he was hard done by. Spending time with that man always felt like sitting next to a black hole that sucked in every bit of human warmth and kindness and understanding that was offered and gave nothing back. So it all just vanished without trace. And even after a short time in his presence, I found myself losing the will to live. More interestingly still was a woman I once knew who, outwardly at least, appeared to be living an impeccable Christian life. She was forever racing around doing good works for others and disregarding her own needs completely, constantly giving and giving and giving. By rights, she should have been the ultimate radiator, except that she wasn't. On the contrary, we always experienced her as a drain because she was so driven and her degree of self-denial and self-imposed martyrdom was so extreme that although I hesitate to put it like this, it actually felt bizarrely self-indulgent. It was once said of her that you could always spot the victims of her pastoral care because of their hunted look, and I'm afraid that I know exactly what they meant by that. I have reflected on that particular woman's behaviour over the years, and I'm now of the view that the fundamental problem was that for all her good works, she seemed to take no joy in what she was doing. And because she felt no joy, she could communicate no joy. A gift that is given without joy at its heart is perhaps no gift at all. It was as if her constant giving out and her refusal to receive had left her a desiccated shell. Her life was a parched and arid land and she left people feeling parched and arid whenever they were with her. Today is All Saints Day and I suspect that if I were to stop someone in the street and ask them what a saint was, they would be able to give me some kind of answer. Indeed, centuries of Christian art have left us in little doubt. Saints are always easy to spot. They are the ones with the gleaming halos and pious and holy expressions. And yet, as I find myself observing every time this festival comes round, in the Bible, saints are nothing like that. In his letters, St Paul uses the word saint when addressing any member of the local Christian community. His epistles almost invariably begin with a sentence such as to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. If he were, to, if he were writing to all of us here today, he would doubtless address us all as the saints that are in St Bride's Fleet Street. Because the word saint means simply holy or set aside. And that is part of the calling of each one of us. Sainthood is not about the achievement of some kind of unrealistic perfection. Rather, it is a call to each one of us to live and to grow as followers of Christ, to be in the world but not of the world, to endeavour to live out our lives of a as agents of God's love and grace, to strive to bring light and hope into this troubled world, to be radiators rather than drains. Very often it is in troubled times, such as the present, that we really do discover who the radiators in life are, just as it is in the shared tackling of adversity that we discover who the people are who really are there for us and with us. And who are the blessed, according to Jesus, in our Gospel reading this morning? The spiritual superheroes, the pious and the well-behaved, the holy and the squeaky clean? No, on the contrary, 
The blessed, Jesus tells us, are the poor, the meek, those who mourn, the persecuted, the damaged, the disadvantaged, but also the merciful, the peacemakers, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The blessed are those who strive to bring light and hope and comfort into the lives of those around them, and who do so not from a position of strength, but of weakness. Because it is the power and the grace of the Spirit of God that turn our poverty into riches, our hunger into fulfilment, our tears into laughter. It is the same Spirit that transforms drains into radiators. And that is why there is a close connection between sacraments, like baptism and communion, and sainthood. Because in all of them, God takes something utterly ordinary, bread, wine, water, your life, my life, the life of the person sitting opposite us on the tube, and transforms it into something extraordinary, something that is charged with the grace and the love and the presence of God. That is what we are all called to be, transformed by Christ's love and grace. We are called to be sanctified. We are called to be saints. But for that to be possible, we have to do our bit too, to enable that life-giving spirit to flow into us and to flow through us. We must set our eyes upon Christ and open ourselves up to be transformed. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we pray for all those who are dismayed and teary-eyed with puzzlement by the guidelines imposed upon us in order to control the pandemic. Those wondering if there is another way to stay safe, healthy and strong and continue to spread the Christian message throughout the land. Dear Lord, help us to find a mature and just sense of reality. We pray for those desperate for everyday intimacy, the human touch, and those who find forced intimacy stressful and fearsome, who yearn to stretch their arms up towards the sky and walk in the park through the fallen leaves under the beech and maple trees. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who have lost their means of livelihood, whose savings is but crumbs on the table. 
We pray that they may find new paths to follow with supportive family, friends and colleagues. We pray for the children who are hungry. May they be fed with nature's bounty all the year round. We pray for the people of America, that their elections may be fair and honourable, that their new government will strive for lasting world peace. We pray for all those working in the media who risk their lives to reveal injustices throughout the world. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our Sunday club and its leaders and for the children and families who we miss seeing in church. We hope that they will be able to join us soon and share their thoughts and experiences with us, their laughter and joy. We pray for our parochial church council and its recently elected members, that it may thrive in the best interests of our Christian community, working in harmony, nurturing each other's skills and ideas. We pray for our strong backbone, our clergy, Alice and Jeff, our vergers, our staff, our choir, and all those sitting socially distanced away from us in the pews and the people all over the world who are listening with us. We pray for all saints, known and unknown, and the saints in our everyday lives who share their friendship, kindness and generosity of heart with us, who make us feel that no matter what, they will never let us down. We pray deeply and affectionately for the everyday saints who were once part of our everyday lives, but who this day now rest in peace, with us in spirit. Dear Lord, we pray for a winter full of hope and promise, where the deep pain of the past may subside, and we can hold hands with whomever we wish, and hear the sound of the snow crunching underfoot as we walk together, our faces free to touch. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? We are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God through Christ our Lord, who came and preached peace to those who were far off and those who were near. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, 
which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Let us pray. Faithful God, who fulfilled the promises of Easter by sending us your Holy Spirit and opening to every race and nation the way of life eternal, open our lips by your Spirit, that every tongue may tell of your glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Blessing God, who has prepared for us a city with eternal foundations, give you grace to share the inheritance of the saints in glory, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest upon you and remain with you, now and always. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, 
Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. has prepared for us a city with eternal foundations, give you grace to share the inheritance of the saints in glory, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.